Pastor Bradford, praise the Lord, everybody. Well, at least I made it to the pulpit without falling. I tell you what, I think that would probably, if we had that on video, we could probably be the biggest fundraiser for missions ever. Seeing Pastor Bradford fall, that I mean, I'd pay good money to see that myself. Amen. He's always Mr. Got It Together. I'm, uh, I'm always just like, wow, how does, he always just got everything so done. I'm really kind of sad that I'm here today. I feel like I'm, I'm stealing a prime moment for you. He's been gone about two weeks, and uh, I know how it is whenever you're going away from uh, your church and, and uh, you get back and you want to uh, share and talk about all the good things that have happened, and a lot of good things happened uh, in the continent of Africa. And um, on behalf of Global Missions, um, I'm so thankful that y'all allowed and sponsored your pastor to go and it was a it was an amazing meeting. I didn't go, but just watching from a distance all the pictures and, and uh, the communications and emails, uh, it was an incredible uh, meeting that was had in uh, Africa. Um, Y'all know I'm here for a purpose, here for a reason. I was blessed to be able to be here with you last year uh, at your uh, legacy offering, the inception of the legacy offering, as I understand. And um, we, we, I enjoyed it so very much. And I told my wife when I got home, I said, if they invite us back, I want you to go with us uh, go and come. I said, you, you'll love it, you'll enjoy it, and uh, we'll have a good time. And uh, so she agreed to come with me, and that's a good thing for you because she is a good timekeeper. I am notorious for just going, and uh, but as long as she's in the building, she'll be giving me the timeout sign. So uh, we'll we'll try to uh, try to uh, be a little bit better. But thank you all so very much uh, to the leadership of this church, the Bradfords, uh, the Frost, uh, the entire leadership staff, the entire church. You folks do it as good as it can be done. Um, I have shared with many people around the world that when you go to the Greater Bakersfield Church, you're going to see a, a first-class effort. And it's all because it's kingdom. And whenever you do kingdom work, you always want to give God your best. It's not, I don't, I don't think it's fair to give God our leftovers. I think we should give him our very best. And um, I am... I am happy to say that uh, our connection with the Bradford family, our connection with this church has blessed us. We feel blessed. And any positive thing that could come uh, out of this weekend, we're going to give God all the credit and the glory. But I'm going to make a faith statement um, right off the bat. What was the number last year? 310? I believe we can exceed that this year. I believe <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of what I expected, but I believe that we can exceed that mark this year because I know I know the kind of people that I'm looking at. I'm you know there's people in all kinds of businesses. I'm in the people business, 
And whenever I, when I came into this church for the first time, I immediately recognized good people that love God, that love the kingdom of God, wanted to help the work of God. And uh, you're, you're smart, you're intelligent, you're doing the right things. And so what's happened over this year, you just heard that report. Wasn't that report incredible? I was sitting there with my mouth open. I'm like, wow. That is a great use of, of the offering, the legacy offering. How much uh, has been accomplished around the world and here locally uh, by your generosity. And uh, so tonight, when we receive the legacy offering, you're, it's, it's not going to be taking up an offering. It's going to be presenting an opportunity for you to continue in the blessing plan of God and to continue to help uh, fund the kingdom around the world. How many of you want to be a part of that? Amen. <clears throat> I have a little, a little Bible lesson. I'm going to hurry up. I know that y'all normally get out around 11.30, and so if I can get this done... Um, the days of miracles will um, will be evident again. But Galatians chapter 6, verse number 6. Again, thank you so much for uh, the wonderful hospitality, the basket, the room. Everything is just, um, just wonderful, and I appreciate it so very much. And again, thank you, babe, for coming with me and uh, taking care of me. Uh, she's an amazing woman in uh, so many ways, and I am... I'm in a lot better spirit with her here. Amen. Galatians 6, verse number 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Now here is the good thing. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For... Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. What a wonderful instruction from the Apostle Paul to the church in Galatia. And I'm glad that he left it for us. Because I think in these few verses of Scripture, there is, there is some hope and some help uh, for those of us that are in this service today. Let's lay our Bibles down and pray and ask the Lord to let an anointing settle into this sanctuary. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. Your word's anointed, but I need your anointing today. Your people need your anointing today. Let it come. Let it destroy the yoke of our inabilities. Help us to be able to understand, to know, to grasp your will and your way for our lives. We trust you. We have confidence in you. We know that you'll help us, and we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. You may be seated. For just a few minutes this morning, I'd like to speak to you from this subject, four 
laws of harvest. Say that with me. Four laws of harvest. Now, if anybody in the world should understand harvest, it uh, is probably Bakersfield and Kern County. Uh, Kern County, whether you know it or not, is, is it consistently ranks in the top five counties in the entire nation in agricultural production. How many of you knew that? It is. It's an amazing place. Uh, whenever uh, I came over the, the grapevine uh, getting here, we flew into Ontario and, and, and drove up. Uh, and it, it, it always amazes me whenever I can get to where I can see uh, the, the, the beginning or the southern tip of the San Joaquin Valley and, and all of uh, its um, amazing ability to produce. And it puts me in the mindset that I'm in today. I taught this to my church uh, a few uh, weeks ago, and I want to share it with you. And it'll, it'll be kind of a lead-in to tonight. How many would like for the Lord to uh, give you a deeper revelation and understanding of His will for your life? How, how many of you want to know a little bit more? How many would like to get to the point to where you have the favor of God? The favor of God is, is, is a deeper level than just the blessing of God. The Bible said that it rains on the just and the unjust. I mean, things happen. There is, there is an ecosystem that's in place, and, and people with intelligence and ability and tenacity can work within that, that framework, and, and they can earn uh, a lot from the sweat of their brow. But it's so much more uh, productive whenever you understand that God wants to favor somebody. He wants to bless somebody on a complete different level than just whatever you can do out of your own sheer determination. Amen. And so it has been a, a, a personal quest of mine to try personally and to help the church that I pastor and to uh, help churches that, that I go to. And, and I, don't, I don't go to every church that I get an invitation to go. I don't, I don't go and, and preach uh, the things that I preached here last year and the things that I'm going to preach this year. I don't, I don't just go everywhere. But I believe with all of my heart that there is destiny attached to this church. I believe it started a long time ago. I believe with Brother Terry and I believe with Brother Frost and now with uh, your, your pastor that has such a dynamic vision. I, uh, the, the Bradfords are people that are kingdom-minded. And I'm finding that the people in this church are kingdom-minded. Uh, it, it's just amazing to see what you folks do. So if we could understand how it is that God is using us to be a blessing in the kingdom of God. Did you hear all the stories that he just told you about Africa? Can, can you imagine what kind of party heaven is throwing uh, over all of these people that are being baptized, all these people that are receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost? The Bible said all of heaven rejoiceth over one sinner. Just think about all the hundreds on the continent of Africa that this church has personally affected, not just the local people, not just uh, the, the, the people that are here, but around the world, what you're doing. Can I tell you, this is party central for heaven. You are providing everything that God needs to throw a party in heaven. That ought to make you happy. Amen. Now, Harvest, and, and again, I, I, feel, I feel like I shouldn't probably be telling you all this, 
but harvest is defined simply as, as the preparation, the tending, the sowing, and the reaping of a crop. That is, that is what harvest is. It's, it's not just reaping, but there is more to a harvest than just going and getting the mature results of your effort. It is, it is the whole process. Harvest consists of more than just picking what is mature. So what we want to look at is, number one, the first law of harvest is you will reap what you sow. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. This is a biblical concept. This is one of the laws that cannot and will not be, it, it, it will not be mocked. God will not be made fun of because his scriptures tell us that if you sow it, you will reap it. Whatever it is that you sow. So the, the important thing for you to do is understand you have to invest in what you want to receive. Because this law works across every single thing in our human existence. If you sow bad, you reap. Can, I, can you help me out this Sunday morning? If you sow bad, you reap. If you sow good, you reap. Okay, now you're, you're starting to understand. Whatever it is that you want, you will get it if you invest it or sow it. So if you want the blessing of God, you sow being a blessing. And if you sow being a blessing, God will not be made fun of. You will. You got the promise of God, the promise of the Word of God, that if you are a blessing, you will be blessed. If you give favor to people, you will receive favor. It's, it's not, it's not a, a hard concept, but it is a biblical concept. But you can't sow in folly and expect to receive value. You can't just play games with God and expect to get the favor of God. If you want the, if you want the favor of God, you've got to favor God. You've got to favor the work of God. You've got to favor the kingdom of God. And so you will always reap what you sow. Whatever the seed is that you're planting or that you're sowing is what's going to come back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We'll get to it in just a bit. So make sure that whatever you're going out and whatever you're planting and whatever you're sowing and whatever you're investing, make sure it's what you want to see coming back in the harvest because that's what it will be. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. So how many of you need God to let a bountiful blessing come into your life? Help me out today. How many of you need a bountiful blessing in your life? Uh, hey, if you start sowing bountifully, you'll start reap. You'll reap bountifully. The second law is you reap where you sow. Everybody say where. You reap where you sow. The location. You know, I, I, um, I pastor a church, and we have um, a lot of young couples. And from time to time, my wife and I find ourselves sitting across the table from a couple, and, and, and they're like, you know, we're struggling, and, you know, we, we, don't, we don't understand why, you know, when we got married, we, we love one another. And, and uh, here we are after all these years, you know, three or four years, and I'm like, not all these years. That's you're barely getting started, and uh, you, you think you're talking like it's been decades, and it's just it's been months, and uh, all these years, two or three years, and we don't we don't feel like we used to feel, and we don't, 
and so one of the first things that I asked them, what are you investing into your marriage? When you, and, and I, can, I, can, I can address this much better from the male perspective than I can the female perspective. And, and it's, it's really this way. I, I, I asked him, I said, you know, when you were dating and y'all were so in love, I mean, did you hunt as much as you hunt now? Did you fish as much as you fish now? You know, you, you, start, you start finding out that the reason the marriage is not flourishing and they're not able to receive out of the marriage what they really wanted is because they're not sowing into the marriage the same thing that they were sowing whenever they were dating. They got more trophies on the wall. They got more fish. They, they've got more gear. They've got all this stuff that they're sowing into because they're investing in hunting now. They're investing in fishing now. They're investing in their hobbies now. And their marriage is failing because they failed to invest in their marriage. You cannot expect your marriage to flourish if you don't invest into your marriage. This, 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 this law of harvest does not, is not limited to finance. We, we primarily talk about that, but it's, it's, it's more than that. If you want to reap in your home, you got to sow in your home. If you want your home to be a happy place, you got to sow happiness in your home. You got to be the one that goes into that house and you got to bring happiness into that house. You can't be fussing and cussing and griping and complaining all the time because you control the atmosphere by what you sow because you always reap where you sow. I, I want, I want my. I want uh, it to be better. Then you've got to show what you want to be there. If you want a happy home, you show happiness in that home. If you want a better work environment, you show a better work environment. If you want a more worshipful church, then you worship in the church. I, I, let, me, let me talk about Mississippi. This is Mississippi. This is not California. It's not Bakersfield for sure, but let me tell you how it is in Mississippi. We have people that complain. You know, man, I, I, it, we, people, people, it, nobody complains here. So, so I, I'll just listen to me whine a little bit, okay? So it's, it's like, man, you know, we don't, we, we don't, you know, people don't pray like they used to. They, you know, it's just everybody's just walking around talking in pre-service prayer. You know, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm standing there and I'm looking at them and we're walking around talking. They have interrupted me praying and I'm, and I'm looking at them like, man, look, if you want to change that, you got to start sowing that. Because you're going to reap what you sow where you sow. Don't complain about it. Show into what you want to receive. Somebody said, well, it, it, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I want to see it happen right now. It don't work like that in the field of harvest. If you want, you got to start sowing it. So if you want your church to be a praying church, you start by being a praying saint. If you want your church to be a worshiping church, then you start by worshiping. Whatever you want, you can sow it. God won't be mocked. God won't be mocked. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So you, you, you not only reap what you sow, you reap where you sow it. That's why so many other things in our life is flourishing and things that are failing is because we're not sowing into those things. And that fits any, any facet of your life. It'll, it'll apply in everything. The third thing is, is you always reap after you sow. The harvest 
the, the completion of the harvest cycle, the reaping does not happen right away. It happens over time. But you know, we, we, are, we are in a world that is, that is so caught up in things happening, happening instantly. We're living in a, a world that has everything at their fingertips. Everything that you need or you want, you can just almost access it. And you can tell people get frustrated very quickly whenever their device won't work or it's not connected because they, they, they're not able to instantly get the information that they want right away. And so it has created an impatient culture. We are an impatient culture. And the sad thing is, is it's, it's bled into the church. And the church has become impatient. And so we want revival. And so we fast one day in one week. And because the building didn't overflow with new converts in the next week, we get frustrated and quit. You got to keep sowing. You got to keep waiting. You got to keep tending. You. Because in the harvest, it don't come it don't come overnight. I, I, I remember I, I was raised in, in a uh, very rural area of Mississippi. My grandfather was uh, a farmer, not like farmers here. He had a small uh, farm that he, he, would, uh, he would farm with a horse or a mule, and he would row crop, what we would call row crop. He would, he would uh, just plow, and you could see the end of the rows, not like here. I mean, when you... You get here and you look and it's just, you don't see the end of that. It just goes forever. But there, thankfully, because we had to go gather it back up by hand. And uh, my grandfather, what he would he would sow vegetables and, and, you know, like corn and potatoes and beans and peas and, and all that stuff. He would do it. And uh, we would harvest it. We'd go get it. But uh, I remember I remember being intrigued by that as a little boy. And uh, so I asked my grandfather, I said, uh, I, want, I want some seed. I think it was... It was uh, beans of some kind, and he gave me a little handful of beans that he was sowing, and, and I went outside my bedroom and uh, outside the house, and uh, on the end of the house uh, there, I, 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 um, I didn't get in trouble. I don't, I don't know why. I probably would get in trouble now, but anyway, I, I tilled up the ground, messed up the grass, and, and got down to the soil, and I put those seed in the ground and uh, planted them, covered them up, and I watered it really good and uh, went on about my business. And, and the next day, I couldn't wait. When I got home from school, I, I couldn't wait to go see the, uh, uh, the, the fruit of my, my effort. I'd spent probably an hour and a half, two hours making that happen, and I expected to see results. And I walked up to that little bare spot of dirt, and there was no evidence of anything that I'd done except what I'd left. And I looked at that, and I'm like, man, this is terrible. I must have done something wrong, or maybe, maybe the seeds aren't there. Maybe, maybe uh, a bird come by and got it after I left. And so, yeah, I did it. I know this is going to be ignorant, but I started with my finger. I started digging down in there, and there it was. There was the little seed. It was still there. Well, guess what? I had just killed that one. That wasn't gonna. That wasn't gonna work out. It wasn't going to be a producer. And that's what we do in our life. If it don't produce overnight, we start digging at it. We start scratching at it. We start trying to figure out why isn't this working? 
you know, I, I, I bought her roses and she's still acting like that. Or I made him, I made him breakfast and, 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 and I brought him his coffee while he was still in the bed and he's still being such an old fuddy-duddy. Just that, I mean, it's just one coffee. Don't stop. Just keep trying because you'll reap in due season if you faint not. This is, this is you, got, you got to go at this for the long term. You know, in the investment world, people that are successful over the long period of time, it's not these flash-in-the-pan, get-rich-quick things that work. It is people who look at these things and they see them for long-term investments and, and they consistently sow into it. They continue to invest in it and they continue to go and they keep investing in these blue stock, uh, 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 chip, uh, these blue chip stocks. I'll get it right in a minute. And after a while, it may not happen overnight. Somebody might have invested in the latest gadgetry and they invest and they get a windfall. And, 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 and the old Mr. Consistency, he's still investing in those blue chip stocks. And this guy, he's on the latest whatever. And, and, and he's like, oh, man, I got 25% I got return. Well, I got four. Well, that's not very good. You need to get over. No, no, no. I'm going to take this four because it's going to be four day in, and it's going to be day in and day out. And next week, whenever your new thing is the bubble burst, uh, these, blue stip, these blue chip stocks, uh, I'm not stumbling on my shoes, but I'm stumbling on my words. Anybody remember me? I, was, I, I couldn't hardly walk the last time I was here. and I, I got some different shoes. I don't know if they're, they're I don't know if it's, it, I don't know. I don't remember. We tried to figure out which shoes I had. But maybe if I go down there, I'll start stumbling around again. I, that might have been the best thing to keep y'all's attention. Y'all were just waiting on me to fall. <laughs> but, but it takes patience. You know, if, if you gave in last year's offering and you've heard everybody else testify about the blessing they received and it hasn't come to you, don't worry, honey. Everything don't come up overnight. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. It takes a little bit more. And so God rewards consistency. If you'll keep sowing into the kingdom, God's not mocked. God will not be made fun of. You just keep sowing consistently. Just keep sowing consistently. I, I, don't, I'm, I think I know Pastor Bradford well enough to speak for him on this, but he would rather have people that would, that, that's not just uh, uh, get excited at, on a Sunday night and just give a lot of money one Sunday night. He'd rather have people that consistently sow into the kingdom. You can count on this person. You can count on this brother. You can count on this sister because they're going to consistently give to missions. They're going to consistently give to development of this property. This property is amazing. When you come up here, you walk in here. I leaned over to my wife when we were doing pre-service and, and i like, this is one of the most classy uh, uh, sanctuaries that I've been in. I, I travel all over. And I said, it's this. But it's, this is a testimony to you people and your consistency and your giving. And, and to the consistency of your leadership. Bakersfield, you are a consistent church. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. Get into this same idea whenever it comes to this harvest offering. Let this become a legacy offering. That really is a legacy offering. That for generations, when your children and your grandchildren grow up, they'll remember what God started a long time ago. And across the world, there are tens of thousands of people and hundreds of churches that are preaching and teaching the gospel because somebody sowed into a legacy offering. It takes a little while for it to happen though. Don't be weary and well doing. You'll reap in due season if you faint not. It don't happen overnight. It does not happen overnight. 
The last thing is you always reap more than you sow. Now, this is the part where everybody gets happy, or at least in my notes it is anyway. Y'all don't mess up my notes, okay? But you, you can take, and I, I probably talked about this because I talk about it everywhere because it's such, a, it, it's, it's such an easy-to-grasp illustration. You can take one kernel of corn. I know I had you bring the corn, and we did that, and we talked about that here. But it's, it's so true. You can take one kernel of corn, one seed, if you will, and you can sow it into the ground. I, would, I wanted to do this on wheat, but have you ever tried to take a stalk of wheat and try to count all the little grains of, that's on a, it, it's astronomical. You can't, you can't even begin to count how many little grains of wheat is on each stalk. It's beyond, and, and, and that would probably be a better illustration than the corn, but you can take one little kernel, one little seed, and you can sow it into the ground, and it produces so much more than what it was, but it's got to be sacrificed. It's got to die. Now, we, we might, it might be a little difficult before we are happy. Well, let me tell you, if you give out of your excess, it doesn't impress God very much. Hold on. Remember the story? Jesus is with his disciples there in the temple, and they're watching the offering being taken up. That'd be, that'd be kind of intimidating, wouldn't it, to have Jesus standing by the offering plate? And you know he knows. You know, he watches what you drop in, and he's, he's looking at you, and he's, he's knowing what you're taking out in your pocket. He's knowing what's in your investment accounts. He's knowing what's in your checking account. He, he knows what you have left. Because God does not judge the sacrifice by how much you put in. He judges the sacrifice by how much you take out. The little woman came, and there were, there were big givers. They were dropping all of these incredibly valuable things into the collection. And this little woman came in, and she was probably embarrassed. She had a couple of coins, and it's, it's a big thing in Israel today. I, I, a few years ago, my wife and I went on a trip. We were there, and they sell widow's mites now. It's kind of a, it's a big thing. Uh, it, it's become a well-known uh, memento of Israel, a widow's mite. You can buy the actual little coins. They call them widow's mites. And this woman, she had, she had a couple of coins, and she probably didn't want anybody to see, and she probably was kind of embarrassed as she came up there, and she's watching everybody in front of her give, give these magnificent gifts and donations, and, and she comes in with her two little mites, and and, and, and she probably put her hand way down into the coffer so it wouldn't make any noise. And she laid it on the bottom and, and eased out and started out the door. And whenever she's, she's walking out the door, Jesus says to the disciples, Hey, hey, 
I want to, I want to show you something. What? That woman just gave more than all of these. And they're like, come on, Lord. You, I mean, really? We've seen the size of these envelopes and the amounts on these checks. We've seen these pledges. And we heard those two. She tried to make it not obvious, but it was a couple of coins that fell in there. What do you mean she's given more than all of these? Jesus said, because she gave her all. Can I tell you whenever God is looking at what you sow, he is looking at the value of it to you, not the value to whatever the situation is. God's going to bless you according to the sacrifice that you have given. Your two cents may not make much of a difference in a, in a building in Africa, but it'll make all the difference in the world in your personal finances because God's going to see and God's going to reward you by, according to the sacrifice. It may be small, it may be minuscule, it may not be anything. But let me tell everybody in here, don't be intimidated by those people who give large amounts. Don't let it make you feel like you're insignificant or unimportant because that is not what this is about. This is about everybody giving according to how God has blessed them. And when God, it is a test. And whenever God sees you pass the test, whenever God sees you, whenever you shine every time you, you come through and you give consistently, God going to say, you know what? I believe I can trust them with a little bit more. And whenever God starts blessing you with a little bit more, you got to stay consistent. You can't, you, can't get, you can't get closed in on what it is you get. Close your hand on what you get. You got to keep your hand open because the blessings flow in and the blessings flow out as long as the hand stays open. Whenever you close it, you got what you got and that's it. Nobody else get blessed, and you don't get blessed either. All you have is what you got there, and it'll stagnate, and it will begin to rot, and it'll become of no value. But if you'll keep it open, it'll keep flowing. The blessings keep going because this is a cycle. You sow that seed in the ground, and it takes a while, and, and, it, and, and it comes up whatever it is you sow, it, and, it, and it, it, it comes up where you sow it, and it comes up at the proper time you sow it, but it comes up more, and when it comes up more, you don't look at this more I've got and just go, crazy with your satisfying your own needs you realize that God blessed that for a purpose God blessed that for a purpose why does he do that why because he has chosen he has chosen you as the people of God to be a blessing to the rest of the world <clears throat> and if you will let him he'll keep blessing you because it's a law. It's one of the laws of harvest. It is a law that you will, you will reap what you sow. Come to the music, I'm done. You will, you will reap where you sow. You'll reap after you sow. And you always will reap more than you sow. So what do we do with the more? I've got this windfall. Now, I'm, I'm not going to make this personal, but some of you that gave in the offering last year, pastor has already said that many of you have testified about your blessings and businesses and personal finances. God's blessing you. Can you lift your hand if God blessed you for giving? Hold your hand up high. <clears throat> I'm not going to call you out. Just hold your hand up if you've been blessed by giving into these offerings. Look, what do you do now that you've been blessed? If you've been blessed, that means you have more than you had before. So what do you do? 
You sow more. You don't, you don't hold it back. It, it's not going to benefit you more, and it's not going to benefit the, the purpose for which God blessed you. It's not going to go forward. Hey, there, how many churches could we build in Africa? How many churches need, this one needs completing. All of these things need to happen. So it is a natural tendency of ours when we get more to hold on to more. Well, I, you know, God blessed me with a raise, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna hang on to it, and I'm gonna make sure that I, that I, that I save it and I keep it, and and I'm gonna put it away. That's like the, that's like the foolish guy in the story of the talents. Y'all remember that story? There was, there was, they gave, gave multiple talents to, him. they gave one guy one talent. I'm gonna cut it down real short. The guy with one talent, he's like, I've got it, and I'm gonna hang on to it, and I'm gonna give it back to you when you get here. And the Lord wasn't happy with that. He said, I didn't just give it to you for you to hang on to it. I gave it to you for you to grow it. So whenever God has shown you that he will bless you for sowing into the kingdom, he wants you to sow more into the kingdom. He gave you the excess because he's seen that he could trust you. They sowed out of their, their blessing that they have. They sowed. We were able to. Did y'all hear this story? I'm going to ask you one time. How many of you appreciate everything this church done? I mean, this is one of the few places I've ever been where the pastor just walked to the pulpit and he says, this is what we did. This is, this is, we, had a, we had almost $300,000 come in, and this is what we done with it. He gave you line by line everything happened. Everything that he read was an incredible thing, a blessing that could not have happened had you not given. The only way that's going to grow more, the only way it's going to do more is if you say, you know what, I'm going to stretch my faith a little bit more and tonight whenever the legacy offering is received, I'm going to go just a little bit further than I went last time. Well, I hadn't received my blessing yet. Well, don't give up, honey. You just got to keep on keeping on. Don't give up because God is not mocked. You will not make, you will not make a mockery of God. God's promised that he'll do it. You don't give to get, but you get when you give. Not, it's not a, this is not a racket that God's running. This is not some kind of religious slot machine. This is not a gamble. This is a rock-solid investment. If you read the prospectus and you read it all and you understand and we just got a full report of where the money was invested that you sowed into the kingdom. You know, you know that if Frederick Bakersfield is going to impact the world. I was thinking about this on the plane trip out here. What about all the preachers over the years that's come out of this church? And the apostolic, where would, what would the apostolic world look like without some of the great men that has come and, and women that have come out of this church involved in ministry? What would it look like if, in fact, the missions, I, I think this church was, correctly, the first church to ever sponsor all the missionaries at one point. Every missionary. You have 
great DNA in this church. Don't let the generation that's gone, don't let them down. Don't let what Brother Terry and Brother Frost did, don't let, don't let that die. Let's continue it on into this generation. Let's take it to another level in this generation. God's been good to Greater Bakersfield Church. You're a blessed people. You understand these four laws of harvest. Stand with me. How many of you want these things to continue in your life? You want them to continue in your life? That's how you understand how they work. It's simple. Don't, these are, this is not a hard thing. It's real, real simple. It's a promise from God. It's in the Word of God. What's the, what's the thing, the, the, the saying that's famous in this church about the, the Word? All that? Don't y'all have about preach the Word or something? Yeah, eat it. There we go. Eat it. So that's it. That's, that's what I'm saying. You can understand through these four simple things. These are immutable. They're irrefutable. They will always be. God is not mocked. These four things will happen. And they're going to happen tonight because you're going to get an opportunity. You're going to get an opportunity tonight to be a part of the next level the next level of God's blessing the kingdom through the greater Bakersfield Church. Are you excited about that? This is what I want you to do. I want you to raise your hands all across this room. If you're by your spouse, I want you to connect with them, lift the other hand. If you're with a friend, connect with them. And I want you to pray, God, I want you to begin to deal with my heart. I want you to begin to deal with my mind. How much further you want me to go than what I've already been? I want to go one step more. Come on, talk about Talk to God about it. You know what you gave last year. I want you to ask God. God, lay something on my heart to go to the next level. Do you want me to give an, a, a, another uh, thousand? Do you want me to give another ten thousand? Whatever it is, I'm just saying. I want you to ask God if you could only give five dollars last time. Ask God if He wants you to give six. Come on, talk to Him for a moment. Talk to Him. buzzwords in financing if you go to finance something is they will tell you you dollar cost average meaning sometimes when the market is high then you might not be making as much there's not as much opportunity than when it is low but you don't get caught in the highs and the lows you just keep investing you dollar cost average 
and you forget about it, and there is a return on the investment. Amen. He gave to us not only financial things, but he really touched a nerve that you're going to get what you put in. If we want to be a church that's a worshiping church, you're going to have to put in. We want to be a church that's a praying church, you're going to have to pray. Praise God. You're going to have to do something, and it doesn't happen overnight. We're coming up on 80 years of an anniversary. You know how we got here? It didn't happen overnight. It was a generational thing because people bought into faithfulness and consistency and said, I'm going to be connected for the long haul. Thank God for everything that we have. We stand here today blessed of God and the favor of God is upon us. We should be thankful. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we should celebrate his goodness and his greatness. Why don't you clap your hands and thank the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God.